My name's Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at South Baton Rouge Church. And if you brought your Bible this morning, I want to invite you to turn to Psalm 67. Uh, we're working our way through several of the Psalms, uh, mostly from the first half of the Psalms. And this morning we're going to look at Psalm 67. If you don't have a Bible, the text is printed in the bulletin there. This is God's Word. To the choir master, with stringed instruments, a psalm, a psalm. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, that all the ends of the earth fear him. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, for the privilege to worship you. We pray that you would speak to us through your word, that you would encourage and challenge and use your word to strengthen us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Grandma... Grandpa, Papu, Pop, Papa, Papa, Pappy, Mimi, Grandmare, Big G, DD. I bet it'd be a lot of fun to be a grandparent. You get to uh, get to see your grandkids, and most of the times you get to send them home after a few days. And I bet one of the best parts of being a grandparent is sharing the things that you have with your grandchildren, sharing your experiences, sharing your life, sharing your stuff, sharing um, your time with those uh, little ones that you love so much. And one of... The greatest blessings of Christianity, one of the greatest privileges, is giving away the hope and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Psalm 67 reminds us that Christians are blessed so that we can be a blessing to others and a blessing to this world. That's really the simple message of Psalm 67. This is part of God's plan, God's program, the gospel of Jesus Christ, his grace, his blessing, his shining countenance toward us is something that is contagious. Something that by God's grace is meant to be focused outward so that the nations, as Psalm 67 says, so that the nations might be glad. And it's really important for us to remember that. Because in our flesh and in this world, we can become angry and resentful and cynical about God's plan and purpose, about the love of God and whether other people in this world really want to hear about it. 
The grace and the forgiveness and the hope of the gospel is something that's deeply personal. It's life-changing. It's life-giving. It's life-saving. And hopefully it's part of your story that's central to who you are. One of the most important things about you as a human being. But if we leave it there, simply with me, simply with us, then we're missing part of God's plan. We're short-circuiting part of God's purpose for His kingdom. God is at work. He's in control. He's on a mission in this world, and He uses us as part of that mission. Even in the light of sadness and heartbreak and setbacks, God is still working. God is still on a mission calling people to himself. So this morning, I want you to understand and come to terms with the fact that, yes, I am a participant. I'm a player. I'm a broken and messed up participant and player. But, yes, I'm a participant in the most amazing, incredible story and mission that the world has ever seen. It's the mission of God's love and grace going out to the nations. So this morning, there are just two things I want us to think about. That we're blessed by God, point one, so that we can be a blessing to other people. Blessed to be a blessing. I thought about making the first point of this sermon, too blessed to be stressed. Um, But I decided against that. Psalm 67 is a simple prayer that God's people would use in the Old Testament. It's a psalm, it's a song that they would sing in the Old Testament. It's probably one of the songs that Jesus himself sang with the disciples and with others in worship. And it's a prayer that is similar to the blessing that God told uh, Aaron to give to the people from Numbers chapter 6. It's my favorite blessing from the whole Bible. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Psalm 67, this first verse, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, is an abridged version of that blessing from Uh, Numbers chapter 6. It's the Cliff Notes version of that that blessing. And it's something that we're supposed to remember. It's something that we're supposed to take away with us. And we need God's blessing. It's so easy for us to let other things shape and inform our identity. And we need to be reminded of the fact that God... He's gracious to us, and he blesses us, and he makes his face to shine upon us. So what's the first thing we see about this verse, verse 1 from Psalm 67? May God be gracious to us. There are so many things in this world that we think we need. There's so many things that we think we need. New stuff, comfort, escape, pleasure, We need certain things to happen in the near and distant future. I need a break. I need a rest. I need someone to affirm me. I need good health. I need all my plans to go according to my schedule. I need success. I need to be respected. I need to be understood. You just fill in the blank. Everyone has a list of things that they think that they need. But what Psalm 67 reminds us of is this. That the greatest, deepest need for every human being in this world 
is the grace of God. We need God's grace. Before and behind and under and above all those other things that we think we need, our greatest need is for God to be gracious to us. Because here's the thing. We've all, we all owe God a debt. He made us... He laid out for us the way of blessing, the way for human flourishing. And we've all essentially said to God in one way or another, you know what, my ways are better than your ways. My plan is better than your plan, God. And we've rebelled against him. The Bible's message is clear. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Our deepest need as human beings is forgiveness. Because if we don't have someone to stand in between for us, someone to take our place, to take the debt of our sin upon themselves, then we couldn't stand before God. We don't have any hope in ourselves. We need God to be gracious to us, not to treat us as our sins deserve or reward us according to our iniquities. And that's exactly what Christianity is about. It's at the heart of the Christian message that Jesus Christ came to earth to live a perfect life and to die a sacrificial death and to rise again in glory for people like us. Him in our place. John Stott, a famous writer, said it like this. The essence of sin is we human beings beings substituting ourselves for God While the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for us. We put ourselves where only God deserves to be. God puts himself where we deserve to be. So we start with our greatest need. Do you believe that God's grace is your deepest and greatest need as a human being? Another part about this blessing is for us to rethink blessing. What does it mean to be blessed by God? What is at the core of this simple prayer and benediction? One of the things I think we can see from Psalm 67 is that we're talking about spiritual blessing. It's God being with us. I think about Psalm 127. Remember what it says? Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the the Lord watches the city, the watchmen labor in vain. So the Lord's blessing is Him being near, Him being with, Him being in all that we are, all that we do, all that we say. And then you add to that Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in in the heavenly places. So God's blessing... It's him shaping us and molding us and making us into the image of his own son. Those blessings can include health and success in our earthly endeavors. But people who claim that God's blessing is primarily about health and wealth, they've missed what blessing is all about. The ultimate goal, the ultimate end is way bigger than physical and material things. It's that we grow in patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control and love. God's blessing us could be Him being with us and growing us and being compassionate toward the hurting and learning to love our enemies. 
and serving those who can't return the service and giving away our time and our money and our lives generously. God's blessing could mean a growing sense and desire that Christian fellowship is something that you need more and more of. Sometimes God's blessing comes to us when we're caught or we're trapped in sin and we have nowhere else to turn but to reach out to Him in desperation for His grace when we've hit rock bottom. Bless us is essentially a prayer. Make us to love you, O God, and to serve you. Bless us means that we would know the God, that God is our prize and our strength and our help. Remember we talked about this a few weeks ago from Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is a strength in my heart and my portion forever. That's the kind of blessing that can give us joy in the midst of sorrow, contentment in the face of having very little or having very much, patience in the face of sickness and pain, courage in the face of persecution and death. You remember 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul pleaded with God three times that this thorn in his flesh would be removed. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul was a man who was blessed by God because he had the power of Christ at work in him. May God give us that sense of his blessing and his presence more and more the rest of our lives. There was a man in the Old Testament that knew about this. His name was Jacob. He was, he was a mess. Uh, he was a schemer. He was a deceiver. He tricked his brother out of his birthright. He tricked his brother out of his inheritance. He was a manipulative man who was always working some sort of plan. And in Genesis 32, he's on the run. He's running for his life. He's afraid his brother Esau is going to come and kill him, and he falls asleep, and he, he wakes up in this dream, or in real life, and he is wrestling with this man. And they wrestle all night long, and this man is actually God himself, and he says to this man, I will not let you go until you bless me. And do you know what God did to bless him? He touched his hip socket. And he wounded Jacob. And for the rest of Jacob's life, he got to walk around with a limp, always aware that he couldn't plan enough, he couldn't figure it out, he couldn't scheme to make it all work out and figure out what to do. He was reminded with every step of his life I need God's grace. I need God's blessing. I can't do it all by myself. Have you ever thought that God's blessing in your life could could be Him showing you that you can't do it? 
that you don't have the strength and the resources to do all the things that you think that you have to do or you need to do. Maybe one of the greatest blessings is God showing us our weakness, how much we need it. The last part of this blessing is in verse 1, and it says, Make his face to shine upon us. Charles Spurgeon, a great Baptist preacher from the 19th century, says that God's face shining on us is a picture of us being able to understand and realize and experience that God is gracious to us and that he does bless us. It's us living with it experientially, knowing Not just intellectually, but in our hearts and in our minds and in our whole body that God loves us. And we've sensed this before as children. There are times when you've seen your parents maybe after a game or after a concert or at your graduation and they don't even need to say a word. It's on their face. They're beaming. And the way that they look at you says, I'm so proud of you. I love you. You did it. Have you ever thought about the fact that in Jesus Christ, Father looks at you and says and feels, my beloved daughter, you are the son that I love. I'm very pleased with you. That's what he said to Jesus at his baptism, at the transfiguration. And because we're in Christ, the Father thinks and says the same things about us. May his face shine upon us. May we know that God loves us and cares for us. We're blessed by God. But we're blessed so that we are a blessing to others. Sometimes the smallest words in the Bible can have some of the biggest impact and meaning. Woody has highlighted this before. The word but is a little conjunction. But when you place it in terms of our sin and redemption, it has eternal significance. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, made us alive together in Christ. Well, in this passage, the the special connecting word is the word that. Look at verse 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Why? That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among the nations. There's purpose, there's result. It makes grace and blessing and the shining face of God bigger than ourselves. It's bigger than just us, but it goes out. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let your saving power be known among the nations. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Here is something that is so profound and amazing that will make the nations glad. That will bring true and lasting joy. And it's not an awesome economic boom. It's not in a treaty ultimately or diplomatic relations. It's in people all over the world 
coming to know the peace of God through Jesus Christ. And they will praise Him from the heart and truly be glad. And there are so many ways that this is possible. There are so many ways that this can happen. God can fill us with His blessing so that we can fulfill His promise that the nations might be glad. One of the ways is through Christian community. In the early church, I mean like the really early church, Acts 2 early church, we read these words. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. There was something evangelistic, something magnetic about the fellowship that they enjoyed. Folks can see the sincere love and freedom and concern and repentance and weakness and forgiveness that a community of Christians can enjoy and it can be appealing. So when we spend time together and when we share our burdens, when we rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, folks are watching us. And sometimes they'll say to themselves or others, look at how they love each other. When difficulty came, instead of devouring each other, they came to love each other and to help each other. We're a community of sinners. But we look to be a community of sinners that honors Jesus Christ. There are all sorts of organic and scheduled ways to move toward community. To move toward people. We have things in our church that that help us do this. Bible studies, community groups, service projects. There are sorts of things, Sunday school, that, that can help us enjoy the fellowship and the community that God has given us. And it's one of the ways that we can be a blessing to others. Another way is through Christian compassion. We've seen it. We've sensed it this week, these past few weeks. James tells us that pure and undefiled religion is taking care of widows and orphans in need. I read one pastor who believes that in an increasingly secular, unfriendly culture to Christianity, Christian compassion is one of the areas that will help folks understand the importance and authenticity of Christianity. We're called to care for the lost and the forgotten and the outcast, and the sick, and the poor. As my friend Ray Kanata says, the gospel of Jesus Christ gives us the freedom and the privilege to move toward the pain in this world instead of moving away from it. Undeserved, unreciprocated, unexpected acts of kindness done in the name of Jesus Christ can have a magnetic part and peace to them. We see it on the big scale, even from the first century. Listen to this quote. They love. Aristides, an eminent Athenian statesman, began his description of the Christians of the early church. Those who plucked unwanted children from garbage dumps. Children who would have been trapped in lives of slavery and trafficking or left to die. From the earliest days of the church... Christians have remained at the forefront of those who step out to rescue the most vulnerable in the world. All kinds of people have been serving 
and working in South Louisiana these past few weeks. There's, it's not like Christians have a market on, we've cornered the market on helping the hurting, but hopefully our labors are also sprinkled with the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. Christian compassion can draw folks to Jesus. Another way that we see God's blessing going out from us and being a blessing to the nations is through Christian humility. Somewhere along the way, in the church and with with Christians, uh, maybe it's just hardwired in us, but uh, we, we revert to thinking that we have to project that we have our lives all together. That everything's fine, everything's great, we have all the answers, there are no problems. It's one of the most powerful testimonies of God's grace, and we've already mentioned it, is when people can say, you know what, I'm hurt, I'm struggling, I don't know what to do, I feel trapped, I need help. Because Jesus Christ is alive and his gospel is real, we can be honest and open with others and ask for help and lean on God's grace and mercy. Sometimes us humbling ourselves and saying that we need help can be a magnetic draw to folks to see the reality and the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The last thing I want us to think about this morning is That we can be a blessing to the nations through Christian mission. It's been built into the life of Christianity from the beginning. At the end of Matthew's gospel, what did Jesus say? All authority on earth and in heaven has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Remember in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told the disciples, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So for the last 2,000 years, we've seen the unfolding of God's amazing mission in drawing people to himself, in growing his kingdom. We're part of that mission now. means that we pray for and we're intentional about pursuing people with the gospel. That we talk to them, that we befriend them, that we pray for them, that we invite them to church, to community groups, that we go to coffee or have them for dinner, thinking and praying about ways that we can talk to them about the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. There's so many opportunities in this world, in our neighborhoods, In our city, thousands of people are walking in darkness and they need the light of Jesus Christ. We have this privilege, even in our brokenness, even in our mess, to shine the light on Him and His work. Look at verse 6. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let All the ends of the earth fear him. What is that increase that the earth yields? It reminds me of these words from Jesus. Look, the fields are white unto harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing to the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let's pray.